Daily Path, a podcast created by educator, motivational speaker, fitness consultant, and entrepreneurship coach, Joe Winters Jr., hosted by Joe Winters Jr., bringing you motivational and informative content that you can apply in your daily path. Welcome to another episode of Daily Pat Podcast. I am your host, Joe Winters Jr., coming to you with the number one goal of making the rest of our life the best of our life. If you've been tuning in consistently, I greatly appreciate you. The show would not be what it is without you. I was checking the top 200 charts in the education category this morning, and we were at number 19. So we've been in the top 200 charts for the last three weeks. Tremendous milestone for Daily Path. Couldn't have done it without you viewers. For those of you that are tuning in for the very first time, thank you for stopping by. It's going to be a a really great show today. Um, For those of you that don't know and do know, but you haven't yet, you can support the Daily Path podcast and the Daily Path tour, which is a tour for at-risk kids where we're going to be traveling to as many at-risk schools, as many low-income neighborhoods as possible. You can make that happen by visiting anchor.fm forward slash daily path forward slash support. Again, that is anchor.fm forward slash daily path forward slash support. You can make a monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 and you will be playing a tremendous role in getting at-risk students the exposure that they need. Today on the Daily Path Podcast, we have a guest. Um, he's a great leader. I, I know him personally. Um, we grew up in the same community, but he's, you know, he's doing some really phenomenal things. His name is Aaron Muhammad. He's the supervisor of Sycamore um, Community Center. And I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to let him speak more about what he does and, and pretty much all the roles he play as a leader. Aaron, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing phenomenal. Woke up this morning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning, world. Good morning, world. Um, like Joe said with his kind words, my name is Aaron Muhammad. Um, I am a community liaison leader and also a brother um, in this in this world that we, we are in today. Um, my current uh, position that I hold is a community supervisor with the city of Fort Worth at the uh, Sycamore Community Center. Um, I oversee um, a staff of about five individuals that we all tackle along one goal as community li- liaison and leaders to provide a service to this community to help our at-risk youth by also providing a safe and family and friendly um, environment to the community with community engagement events, special events, youth sports, and educational programs here at Sycamore. I absolutely love it. I, I heard you mention at-risk youth. So before we pretty much go go down the line asking the questions I got for you today, I have to ask because I am a huge, huge advocate for at-risk. You know I grew up at-risk myself. What really um, inspires you to deal with at-risk? It's a two-part question. What really inspires you to deal with at-risk and help? And also, what do you think is the number one end all be all um, thing or attribute that an at-risk student can learn? So for me, what really motivates me um, to, you know, work hands-on with at-risk youth and deal with them personally is that, you know, 
myself, I wouldn't actually consider myself an at-risk youth. In today's world, there are so many things that they classify our, our kids and our students as at-risk that, you know, um, it, it could put them at, at, as, at, as at-risk. So for me personally, the passion that I have in being an advocate is also being somebody that sees these children um, that have a, a, a big, big, big opportunity for success but don't even don't have anybody to lead and guide them there or let them know that there's an opportunity for success for them um, in, in this in this in, in this environment. So it, it's one of my deep passions to kind of be an advocate for kids that don't have anybody to speak up for them or to lead them, lead them and guide them um, down that path. Um, so that that's one of my biggest passions um, for us at risk youth. And I would say one of the biggest difficulties that at risk youth uh, individuals deal with um, in today's society is going to be finding the right resources and individuals that they can surround themselves with to be successful. Um, there's a lot of things that determine whether or not an individual could be successful, and there's a lot of different motivating factors that play into that. And with those correct and proper um, guided motivating factors, uh, I believe that and that youth can be just as successful as any other um, youth that you have in the community today. Man, I, I, I really love that rationale. I completely agree with you. I, I think, you know, not I think, I know. I mean, it, it's obvious, like resources and your culture, your environment, like that plays a huge, huge, huge role in, in the decisions that you'll be making in life. So I, I completely agree with you there. Um, overall, um, you, you kind of mentioned your passion when it comes to dealing with at-risk youth, is that what is that what drives you in general as a leader, or do you have like a bigger mission and vision as a leader as a whole? Like what you know, what drives you as a whole? So at this stage of my life, you know, um, coming off of being a you know former athlete, um, a very competitive-minded individual, still um, may not be that way athletically, <laughs> still. <laughs> But mentally and spiritually, uh, I believe uh, a healthy competitive spirit is always well. Um, so I would say at this point in my life, what drives me is just seeing other people around me succeed and surrounding myself with successful individuals that are motivated to push and lead each other. Uh, I'm big on iron sharpening iron. I'm not an individual that gets any gratitude on having uh, a per se, a, a, a stepping stone or, or a lead on, on somebody to say I'm better than them. I want to be around all well-rounded individuals that we all can push each other to reach our goals and our, and, our, and our dreams and things that we're destined for. So I would say my biggest motivating factor today would, see, would be to see other people uh, succeed because I know if I can put other people in a position to be successful, then I'm going to put myself in a in a position to be successful too. So um, that's kind of the overall picture, and, and youth play a big role in that because um, I feel like um, you know they are the future, and, and these are the individuals that are going to be leading our communities and guiding our communities uh, in the future. When you know when I'm not here and when you're not around, so I feel like we have to invest in our future to make sure that the community is well taken care of and that the work that we're doing now is not in vain. <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm pumped. I'm pumped, man. It's, I, I was just listening to something the other day that, you know, they were saying 
in our society, it's people, people think that in order for you to do better, someone else has to be doing less. Or if you're not doing great, or if you're doing bad, that means someone else is winning. So if you're losing, someone else has to be winning. And when you're winning, someone else has to be losing instead of looking at it from that standpoint that, that you see it. And, and I say it myself, which is like, you know, be successful, but use your success to empower others to be successful and yes, others to be successful and overall creating and sustaining most importantly, that successful yeah. culture. And I mean, it really starts with, um, selfless um, people like yourself. So I, I really, really do, like thank you for thank you for giving the audience that. That's some wise, wise stuff. I this is going to be a really great interview. Thank you for thank you for that rationale. Very wise. Um. So let let me ask you this: How does your past and drive define who you are now? So how how like you have your drive and your drive is what pushes you to do what you do. But I'm sure at some point you weren't, uh, I mean, maybe you were, but I know I wasn't. At some point, you, you, you know, you probably was more of a knucklehead or, or, you know, you made, you know, a lot of the wrong choices. Like how does both of those things um, fuel and define who you are now? So my past, you know, I don't have, I wouldn't say I, ha I would have that ideal story of somebody um, persevering and pushing through um, I would say, you know, I had both my parents at home. I was surrounded with a strong-knit family. Um, still to this day, you know, one of the biggest factors for me that I can always lead on and, and count on. Um, first is God, and then and, and next is my family. Those two things are always a constant in my life. Um, so growing up, you know, I've always had, I uh, come from, my father was a military background, um, you know, always, you know, pushed me to be a leader in everything that I did. Um, he was not a big supporter of me playing competitive sports. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so, uh, so we butted heads on that. So um, early on, my motivating factor was to um, persevere through things that, you know, he had outlined for me for as my education and setting academic goals so I could play those sports that I wanted to play. I seen those as an incentive instead of a giving at an earlier age. So, you know, I was able to persevere through high school, um, I was blessed to receive a scholarship. Um, now, this is where my path turns differently than your ideal uh, individual. I, I did not have the ideal um, collegiate career. You know, I started off receiving a D1 scholarship to the University of Iowa. Uh, two weeks prior to my signing date, I was dropped and cut for uh, reasons I don't know today. That's just how the game goes. And, you know, educating these individuals to let them know that, you know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, ended up signing a uh, – I had other D1 opportunities, um, was really discouraged, um, was really, you know, kind of distraught from that experience um, because I had been committed to the University of Iowa since my junior year. Um, and everybody else pretty much knew that's where I was going. Um, so, um, I ended up taking a scholarship to a D2 uh, Midwestern State um, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, West Texas A&M University. And uh, I got there, uh, you know, for individuals that don't know me, I'm 6'4". Coming out of high school, I'm probably about 6'4", 220. Um, okay. I, got recruited, I got recruited to play uh, <laughs> tight end, but when I got there on campus, they moved me to inside receiver. And so all my football uh, heads, they know inside receiver, 240, 
Uh, I mean, 6'4", 220 is not your ideal inside receiver. Uh, so I was in the, you know, in the room with a lot of small, fast guys. And, you know, early on, this was kind of a, a, a learning curve for me because, like I said, I was at a – I was at a physical and mental disadvantage because I had never played this position before. Um, it was so discouraging that, you know, after a semester of being at this university, I decided to um, leave and, uh, and, and go to uh, Tyler Junior College. Uh, once I stepped on campus, I was already academically non-qualified. I only passed nine hours my first semester, um, you know, not having the correct focus and motivating factors um, my first year at college. So I came in on academic probation at TJC, um, had to pass 18 hours to become eligible for the next season. I did. My first spring practice at TJC, I dislocated my elbow and was out for almost four months, uh, stayed, did the summer program, and then, you know, the rest is history at TJC where I was able to persevere, uh, was a two-year starter, uh, was a, a honorable mention um, all-American all was, you know, all the accolades you can have, I had that. Uh, but once again, you know, um, had an opportunity to play at a four-year university, had offers from University of Pittsburgh, Iowa State. Uh, but once again, when I look in the mirror, myself held me back, not having my academics where they should be. Uh, so I found myself uh, two years later with an associate's degree and less than, it probably was two weeks before camp, and not having a scholarship um, and getting a call from a Western Illinois University, a team that was one in 10 the previous year and was bringing in um, over 20 JUCO transfers to come in and, uh, and play <clears throat> and uh, took a scholarship. Uh, you know, Texas, Texas boy, Texas guy, never been, uh, never played outside the, the, the state really um, in, a, in a big atmosphere outside of junior college and, uh, and took that journey. And my first year there, um, I was questioning if I wanted to play football competitively anymore. Um, you know, being on a big-time campus like that where academics and also, you know, playing football, you had to learn how to balance those two. And, you know, I already was at a disadvantage because you're talking about being a 21-year-old junior, um, pretty much having a freshman mindset because not, not being able to understand how to balance the two and still be successful. Um, so it was a challenge for me. Um, this was the first time that I actually questioned um, my abilities and, and, and for us academically and uh, on the football field. Um, came back home uh, on our, our winter break and really had a heart-to-heart -heart with, my, with my family and my circle. And I told them, I said, you know, uh, playing football is, is, is not, it was right at that point, it was not fun to me anymore. And uh, my father looked me at me in my face and my mother did too and said, um, if you're going to come this far in your career and quit, then you're, gonna, you're not only going to let yourself down, but you're going to let all the other individuals that have been supporting you in this journey. So you need to find a way to persevere. I'm not going yeah. to tell you how to, how, to, how to figure it out, but you need to figure it out. So I, I really had to do some soul searching uh, for myself. I always would say I'm a pretty dedicated individual, but I had to rededicate myself to the process and realign my goals um, with what I needed to do. So when I got back on campus, um, going into my senior year, my main priority was to graduate from college. It wasn't to get to the NFL. It wasn't to uh, get, uh, you know, a collegiate, uh, uh, set any collegiate records. It wasn't to have 
um, you know, big success like that. But my top priority was to uh, graduate uh, from the University of Western Illinois. Um, and then I set some, uh, some, some, some athletic goals as well, um, just challenging myself to be the best um, me that I could be, not, not comparing myself to anybody else that was there or anybody else in the country. And Joe, when I tell you, I had, a, I had a, an experience where almost overnight, um, I became the best me. Um, academically, you know, I was succeeding. On the field, I was succeeding. I had every, every, every NFL team um, outside the Dallas Cowboys come and uh, scout me going into my senior year. Um, I had individuals that were not supporters supporting me. I had people, I had people that didn't believe in me, believe in me. Um, so, you know, once I reached that, that level of success and, um, you know, was at a peak, um, it was actually one of the most difficult times because once you reach that level, you have to sustain and maintain it. Um, so having to work, having to put the commitment into it, you know, um, I end up graduating, I end up um, being able to uh, sign as a uh, free agent uh, rookie and got invited to an OTA with the Chicago Bears. Um, didn't play out the way that, you know, I saw fit as far as, you know, um, getting to the league and having success. I ended up breaking my foot. And, you know, and that was, to me, that was another crucial point in my life where, um, you know, I, I'm, now I'm back home in Fort Worth with two degrees and associates and a bachelor's, but I, but I feel, but I, my, myself, I feel like a failure now because I did not succeed, not my goals, but other people's standards that they had put on me um, saying that, well, you know, I knew he, I knew he wasn't going to make it in NFL. I knew he wasn't going to be successful. Um, he came from a small time school, you know, um, that saying, well, he's from Fort Worth. So he has that Fort Worth mentality. And people that from Fort Worth can relate to that, saying that, you know, we have this attitude and stigma that will keep us from being successful. Um, so it, it was really discouraging. Uh, but once again, I had to realign myself <laughs> and look at myself and say, you know, what are some things that God is placing in my life right now that's happening? There has to be something else bigger destined for me. Um, so that has kind of rounded me to where I'm at now in life. I always trust in, in what God has in store for me. Um, one of the biggest things for me that has put me in this position that I am today is not succeeding where I thought I was going to succeed as far as making it to the NFL. Um, but as far as me succeeding in life overall, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I don't have enough time in the day to tell you how many blessings I've had up until this point. Um, you're talking about an individual that, you know, where I'm at now, um, I have to credit to, you know, God himself and my family. Um, I, I'm having a bigger impact um, on my community and on individuals around me than I would have had if I was in the NFL. I know that for certain. Um, there's, there's individuals that, um, uh, that I am still close with that play in the NFL. And uh, we were very, very close. And, uh, you know, they still gravitate to me. So, to sum all that up, you determine your success. No one else does in this life. And, it's, and if you surround yourself with the correct individuals that are going to believe in whatever dream and whatever goals that you have for yourself personally and are not going to put outside, um, you know, interests on you, you can be successful. 
And I had to take that for what it was and look at myself now and be thankful, you know? So those are my, those are my, my story itself is my driving factors that has helped me get to where I'm at now, being able to humble myself and say, just because I didn't succeed in one area, doesn't mean I would not succeed in other areas in life. So, um, you know, my story itself, you know, I, I used to, you know, talk to kids and say, if you want to get to a level of success as far as, um, you know, collegiate-wise, I've reached it. You know, I, I've, I've touched, I've touched areas of success that I don't, I don't hold those as badges or honors. I don't hold playing collegiate sports. I don't. That, those are not things that I dwell on. Still, I'm, I'm looking at what am I doing now. It's having an impact in the community, not what I've done in the past. So um, those are my motivating factors. Uh, and, and I just use those experiences to guide me to help um, these individuals because I know they have some of the same motivating factors that I did. But I want to make sure that they have less hurdles in front of them or, you know, being prepared for those uh, hurdles when they experience them. So, uh, you know, that that would be some of the – um, most important things that have led me to be who I am today. Man, that is some really great stuff, man. You just you just dropped 100 grand here on the show, you know, and I know the audience is 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 running to the bank to make some deposits, man. I sure. that there's there is so much that you you can take from that, you know, like I you know, like as as far as talking about the success thing, first of all, like I've I've repetitively said, you know, success first and foremost is is a case-by-case -case definition from one mm -hmm. person to, to, to another success is defined differently and you have to know what your definition of success is um in order to ultimately be happy with yourself and then you also spoke on you know just perseverance like continuously pushing through and and those things it's phenomenal it's it's very you have to have a mentality to, um to get through adversity like you have to be strong-willed you have to understand that even though it gets dark at the darkest point in the night the sun does begin to rise and so you know you know it's it's just phenomenal and, and amazing um to hear your story um and and i i can i can deep dive into everything you said but you know i'm, I'm gonna let the audience you know run with the money you gave them and go yes, make and go make those deposits um you spoke you spoke on um you know at one point football was discouraging. Um, you had only passed nine hours. Um, I, I understand that, it, you know, at the end of the day, you had your, your parents that were supporting you and, and, you know, you, you believe in God and, and stuff like that. Like, give me some, give me some practical steps for how you better your mentality. Like I, I I'm sure faith is in there, um, as well. And I want to hear the whole nine, but like, give me those practical steps that took you from, you know, uh, like just in your mind took you from where you were and, and like what were things you started doing and implementing to get from the, the athlete that only had nine hours. Um, you mentioned you had to pass 18 and you passed 18 and you kept going like, give me some practical steps. So for me, the first practical step that I had to take was looking at myself. Um, I think, um, you know, as especially as men, and that's one of the toughest things to do is uh, to look in, at yourself in the mirror and be accountable for what falls you and shortcomings you have brought on yourself, not anybody else. 
not blaming the coach, not blaming my parents, not blaming, um, you know, the girlfriend, not blaming anybody or any other outside factors besides me. Because at, at the end of the day, if those were influences on my decisions, I opened that door. Um, and I wasn't mentally strong enough to, you know, put those in, in, in the right perspective. So for me, the first thing was accountability to say, Aaron, what, have, what can you take accountability for and say, these are some things that you have mishandled and let's make a correct decision on how to handle them moving forward. And that's, that's pretty much, let's make a game plan. So that's one thing I still do today uh, when I come uh, in front of some things that are, are difficult for me, is I make a game plan to be successful. Um, I tell my kids this all the time. In life, um, I don't take any L's. I take wins or I learn. That's the only L I'm going to take is learning from that process. So it, 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 in shortcomings, if, if it's something that I fell short of, my goal that I set out, or something that I want to succeed in, then let's learn from it. So next time that I encounter that, I can conquer it or I can handle it better with any type of circumstances that I deal with. And that's one thing that I would instill in, you know, these youth and adults, um, you know, because you have to have a positive mindset. That's another thing that mentally I had to start to believe that I was going to pass 18 hours and saying that, you know what, I can conquer this. And once I mentally in my mind made up that I was going to do it, take action. Don't sit on your behind waiting for somebody to give you something that they're not going to give you. Um, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that um, a young-minded individual um, gets is that somebody owes them something in this world. It doesn't work that way. If you want something in life, then put a game plan together and go do it. And if you come up short, that's not, that's not failure. Uh, you still succeeded because you put that process in play. But now, now learn from that process so you could be uh, more successful moving forward. So for me, Joe, uh, like I said, it's some the practice that I still use to this day and that I did, um, you know, as a young um, 18, you know, motivated individual, um, I, I would say the first thing was self-accountability, looking at what um, I could be accountable for um, and then putting a game plan together for as if I'm writing out my goals towards things that I want to achieve didn't mentally me believing it. And anybody that didn't believe it, I removed those outside factors. Those were not people that I kept in my circle. I surrounded myself with all like-minded individuals. Everybody that was around me, we all had the same like mind that we all were gonna conquer, uh, we had a, a like-minded goal. And we all pushed each other. You know how grimy it gets sometimes when you're playing football and y'all are in those weight rooms or you're in those huddles. That's life, man. That, that's what I tell these you. That's life. Those same grimy experiences that you have, you have those as adults. You have those tough conversations with your wife. You have those tough conversations with your children. How are you going to persevere and lead them through it? So for me, those were practices that I, that I, that I had. And, and, of course, I centered them all through my faith. Um, I, I learned that the hard way. Um, if God is not at the center of what you're doing, then he will realign that. And I will use myself as an example. I felt like I was where I, I should have been and doing everything that I should have done when I finished college to be successful, to be in the NFL. But I didn't have God at the center of that. Mm. And he, mm. he, broke, he broke me down mm. 
It mm. took everything that I thought was important for our significant others, football, what I call success, tore me down and made me look in the mirror and made me realign and see that at the end of the day, I have to center God first. And then he, he made me see the value that I still had myself that I didn't see anymore at one point. So, you know, you have to center all those things around God first. You have to have some level of faith uh, to center you um, when you're on this journey. So that, that, those are some of the biggest motivating factors for me. Most definitely. I love it. I love it. You mentioned um, one, of the, one of the things that many young people get, get twisted is sitting on their behinds and not taking action after holding themselves accountable. And that's if they even hold themselves accountable because everyone doesn't get to yes, that sir. point where they take 100% ownership and they stop blaming other people. I like to say all the time, you know, like I, I was born into a family um, a, a poor family and, and when my mom was killed and, and my father was abusive getting out of prison and all these things like granted I was born into that life so yes it wasn't my fault however I allowed that to be the reason why I wouldn't perform and once I started realizing that my performance is based on myself and not what I had been through I went to the next level and so when you said that it really resonated with me I have I want to I want to kind of um jump ahead to, to a question that kind of aligns with that question. Um, because you said that was the, that was the mistake with young, um, with the youth. But what do you think is the most common mistake you see in young adults ranging from age 18 to 29? So right here, we're, we're not, we're not necessarily talking about our youth. I want to know about these young adults. So for me, when I, when I look at it now and I, and I, you know, I look at, you know, so 18 to 29, you're talking about fresh out of high school, um, you know, young adolescents that are <clears throat> either going into college or the work field or, or yeah. some, some type of their career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, adulthood. So for me, when I look back at it, I would, I would have to say is that they're not prepared for that moment. Um, I don't believe that if you don't have the right individuals around you, as a young adolescent, that you're setting yourself up for failure once you reach that quote unquote adulthood at 18. Um, in our culture, it said that once you hit 18, you hit the door and that you're out here on the world. But how are you gonna put a child out in the world and you haven't given him any, equipped him with any tools to be successful? Mm, okay. And, and so for me, I think it's a, I think it's a two-sided question. One, I would say it goes back on our parents. Uh, okay. So what, one thing I, I will uh, say about my parents is, is always having that support and having that cover, even after the age of 18, knowing that, um, you know, giving me that room for growth and saying that, you know, if you need that assistance or if you need to still be in the, you know, under our roof, and get an opportunity to build yourself financially before you go get an apartment and you're already making a minimum wage job and you're already, now you have a car note and now you have bills and you barely can get by, then what, what, what steps are you taking forward to better yourself? You're not, you're putting yourself in this cycle, you know, that, that, that. so um, I would first say it's, it's just, if I could speak towards um, our culture for one one minute, it'll just be giving our children 
that cover that they may need from 18 to 24 to be successful and put themselves in a more successful position. That's one thing. And then for our youth, for our adolescents on the other end, it would be to get out there and go get it. Um, I've seen so many of my friends, man, from the age of 18 to 24, those years like pass them by because they're sitting around waiting for somebody to give them something. Um, this, I think this world gives you a false, uh, false conception that it says if you do everything right and you put yourself in the right position and you graduate high school, that you're going to be successful. That's not where it ends. That's, that's incorrect. You have to set yourself up for success. That's just the beginning. Once you make that first hurdle past high school, what motivating factors do you have now? No, it's not always going to college, but you have to set yourself up to be a successful individual. Um, there's so many entrepreneurs out nowadays. To me, there's no excuse with education and knowledge being at our fingertips with our phones, our computers, everything. So anything that you want to be or you inspire to be, there's, some, there's somewhere that you can get that information and you can set it up for yourself to be successful. So I would just say to, for our adolescents from that 18 to 24, is just have a game plan. You know, don't sit around and wait for somebody to tell you at the mere age of 20, after you've been running the streets for two years and hanging out with your friends for two years and doing a lot of whole, lot of nothing and still just being pretty much another burden on your parents and not bettering yourself for somebody to say, hey, you need to go to college or, hey, maybe you should go to the service. Like, to me, though, that's not the answer. You, you need to have some type of motivating factors. And if you don't have those motivating factors, surround yourself around someone that has the type of success that you want. Don't be afraid to humble yourself and go to an individual and say, hey, man, you know what? I really admire what you have going on. And I would just, can I surround myself with you? I just want to sit back and watch the process um, so I can one day maybe get there. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I think it's a two-sided thing, Joe. One would just um, us uh, as we get as adults of giving our children the correct guidance and cover to be successful. And then it would be two for our children, for not children, but those young adolescents to know that, you know, one thing that you never get back. And I tell my, 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 uh, my, my, uh, my youth of kids I mentor is time. The time is ticking, man. That's one of the most valuable things that you did. It doesn't have a cost, but it is, it's, 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 it's something that's very important. So, um, you know, make the most of your time and make yourself a better individual at the end of the day. Most definitely, man. I, I want to actually piggyback on that for, for all the young adolescents or young adults that might be asking themselves, well, you don't know what it's like. We don't have um, the resources or something like that where it basically comes down to, to blaming outside factors. And I would, you know, just enlightening and giving you all some insight. Um, the, the two largest search engines in the wor world it's Google and YouTube, YouTube yes, second. And so, um, you know, if, if you would have went to school, like, I mean, I have a degree, Aaron has a degree. So we both know this, like whenever you go to turn in a paper, you got to have this sourced up, right? Like you mm -hmm. can't just have these false sources where you're getting your information from. And so it's very important for you to understand um, who you're getting your information from, but most importantly, become obsessed with your research, like become obsessed with what you're looking up. So for example, 
if, you know, you, uh, you were talking about Muhammad, like for anybody, I mean, you were talking about uh, motivation, my bad. And, and so for anybody in the audience that, you know, you want motivation, get on YouTube and Google motivation or get on YouTube and look, search motivation, get on Google and search motivation and then, and spend time. Don't just, uh, watch one video or read one source, like spend some time diving in, in what you're looking for. If you want to become, um, if you want to start a, a small business, for example, my very first company that I started was Pave the Path, which is a nonprofit organization. I started in my senior year of college. And trust when I tell you, I, I first and foremost, I did exactly like you said, Aaron. I, I went to people and I just flat out was asking questions. You got you to gotta learn how to be vulnerable. We're in a society where we're not taught to be vulnerable or whenever we've been vulnerable in the past in the wrong areas and the wrong things, we take that as we should not be vulnerable in areas of our lives that we should. So when it comes down to learning information, you should be vulnerable. Like, don't, don't be afraid to, like, it, no, nobody's looking at you like you're stupid. I remember I used to think, you know, me asking a question, this is a dumb question. As long as you're trying to learn, there's no such thing as a dumb question. And so it's very important that you really, you, you really find it in yourself to just become obsessed with, um, your research and, and, and how you look things up, but also being vulnerable and, and going to people and, and asking people for help, especially people that are where you want to be. There are so many people out here that are trying to sell to you information that you don't need. So mm -hmm. it's that information is called Wikipedia, right? Like don't, 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 don't listen to it. <laughs> don't, 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 don't listen to, don't listen to the Wikipedia in people go to credible sources. When you are on Google, don't read from Wikipedia, go to peer reviewed uh, articles. You know what I'm saying? So like actually know where you're getting your information from. Um, we're actually, we're about to ready to come down to a close. So um, the last question, which is putting you in the hot seat, Aaron, for 60 seconds. So you only have 60 seconds. I'm gonna start the time. Um, what is the number one thing you think every human should learn? So this is not like, I don't want you to, um, do not, uh, micro this to just the youth. Like this, I want this, like this needs to be a message where if anybody needs to apply this and like, they just need to apply at some point in their life or it doesn't matter when, but what do you think is the number one thing every human should learn or the number one message, the number one spirit, whatever you got, 60 seconds, you're in the hot seat, bring us the heat. Go ahead. I would say being selfless. Um, I think every individual needs to become selfless um, in your daily day grind and, and, and really align yourself and seeing things that um, really are important and, and, and being able to help one another. Think about this. If all of us as individuals on this world would have a selfless mind, how much of a better stance this world would be in today. Mm. Um, so, so I would say, let's be selfless. Let's motivate each other. I push you to, 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 to be selfless today, to help somebody else today, to speak to somebody you normally wouldn't say anything to, to give somebody those motivating words. You may need to hear those motivating words. You can be great. You are great. You can do great things. And let's pass that along. Let's pass some positivity out here. And let's be selfless as individuals. Hey, I love it. I love it. You brought the heat from the hot seat, Aaron Muhammad. Um, thank you for joining us on today's show. Um, I really, I really love that you came on. You have any questions for me? Uh, no, sir. I, I really appreciate the opportunity, Joe. I love what you're doing, man. You know, I, I've seen you from 
when you first started, man, and, and I, and this is somebody from, from the heart to saying that we love what you're doing. You are a positive role model. Keep on doing what you're doing and keep on bringing the heat. Yes, sir. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for everybody that's listening right now, if you would like to support Daily Path Podcast and the Daily Path Tour, remember, go to anchor.fm forward slash Daily Path forward slash support. Again, that is anchor.fm forward slash Daily Path forward slash support. You can make a monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99, and that will give us the support we need to travel to as many at-risk locations with low-income students, low-income schools that cannot afford speakers, and give them the exposure that they need. If you're online and you're looking for a fitness coach by any means, go to nogrindnoglorytx.com, hit the online training button, and we'll get you taken care of. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Daily Path. I am your host, Joe Winters Jr. Make a great day.